Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good to see you again. Uh, what I'd like to do is just start off, as Pastor Andreas has mentioned already, we've been talking for the past few weeks about values. Is there anybody who feels bold enough to tell me what a value is? No, no takers. A value is something that you hold precious. It's a principle or a practice that is a treasure to you. I'm just copying from Pastor Andreas what he's saying right here next to me. <laughs> so a value is something that in your heart is precious or it's important. Hayden says it's the regard that something is held to deserve the importance, worth of or, or, or usefulness of something. And so that's what he says. He says that it's, it's and, and he's dead right. It's something that is important to you. So we're talking about values and things. And, and there are many different values and different ways that we look at things, different things that we value, different relationships, different ideologies, different principles. And Pastor Andreas has been talking about, for example, the value of faithfulness, the value of obedience to God's word and to his instruction. That when we value these things, that it means that these things are important to us and we endeavor to be obedient. We endeavor to be faithful. Um, I want to talk to you about something tonight that enables us to put values in the rightful place and people in the rightful place. And I want to talk to you today about the value of honor. Now, you may say honor and values actually go hand in hand. They're very closely linked, and I would agree with you. To honor someone or something is to esteem it very highly. It's to give it great respect and it's to give great value to someone. You will always give... Ask everyone to mute themselves because they're still... Looking. I can mute everyone here. Hold on. Let me no, just do that. There we go. Okay. All right. Now we should have very little interference. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, you will always give honor to that which you value. Now, whether that is a principle or a person, and I'm going to speak mostly today about the value or the principle of honor as it relates to people. Honor is an attitude of value. It's an act it, it, it means that I express and it's the way in which I demonstrate value towards somebody else. It's the way I tell them that they are important and that they are valued. How do I do that? By giving them honor. And that looks that looks different in different circumstances, and there's a number of ways that we can express honor. But this is the value that I want to talk to you about today. Honor is, a, is an attribute that unlocks within us the kingdom of God. And you may say that's a very interesting thing to say. But as I journey through this teaching today, I'm sure you'll understand what I mean by that. First of all, honor is the first attribute of genuine humility. It is the heart motivation of love. Now, why do I say genuine humility? 
Somebody who carries within them genuine humility is somebody who doesn't need to prove himself to anyone. He doesn't think he's better than anybody else. He doesn't think he's worse than everybody else. He is just comfortable in his own skin. He knows who God has called and created him to be. He, somebody who is truly humble is somebody who knows that he is precious in the sight of God, loved by the Father, and therefore is secure in his love. Because of that, he doesn't need, he doesn't care if anybody esteems him highly or not. He doesn't need affirmation from anybody else. He is able to be bold when he needs to be, and he's able to be silent when he needs to be. He doesn't need to have his opinion heard all the time, and he doesn't think so little of himself that he's afraid to give his opinion at other times. He is humble. And what genuine humility enables us to do is, it, it is, an, is that it empowers us to love other people with a genuine love of God. Because we're not trying to prove our identity, we're not trying to compete for status, we're, we are free from, from, from insecurities that limit us from loving other people. We therefore are empowered to give honor to anybody and everybody because we have nothing to prove and we have nothing to lose. This is the heart motivation of genuine love. If you look at the life of Jesus, I mean, if we say, who is the most humble man that ever lived? Who does the Bible say it is? Actually, the Bible says it is Moses. And here's the interesting thing. Moses wrote that about himself. You may say to me, that doesn't sound very humble at all. But the truth is, after 40 years in the backside of the desert, Moses had a very accurate idea of who he was. After God brought, him, brought, them, brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, and Moses wrestled with himself and his unbelief and his, and his striving with God and with the people, he came to the point where he was the most humble person on the earth at that time. If we look at the, the life of Jesus, many, many times he said to people, don't tell them who I am. Receive your healing, here's your miracle, but don't tell them, don't go and preach. He wasn't looking for fame. He wasn't looking for accolades. In other times, he stood up boldly and said, I am the Son of God. So in different scenarios, he was able to be anything or anyone to, to anyone, depending on what the scenario needed. Jesus was a truly humble man. And true humility is, like I say, it's the heart motivation of love that frees us and enables us to see the true God-placed intrinsic value in every single person and to honor them for it. Bill Johnson said this, Receiving and giving honor enables us to walk as true sons and daughters of God, restored to our rightful place, to see heaven released in and through our lives. Receiving and giving honor enables us to walk as true sons and daughters of God. Folks, where do you and I receive our honor from? Our honor does not come from men. Our honor does not come from our achievements or how great we think we are. It doesn't come from our opinions. Our honor comes from God. You see, the Bible says that God so loved the world. God so loved you and me that he gave us his only son. The Bible has said that we are exalted to the highest place. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Who did that? God did that. And did he do it because we are, do we hold that position because we did anything good? Because we didn't do anything bad? No, we hold that position simply because of Jesus and because of faith in him.
Turn in your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. You see, folks, we will either live our lives from a place of honor, where we are honored and we are honoring others, or from a place of dishonor, where we dishonor others. If I live my life from a place of honor, where I am honored by God, not because of anything I have done, but because of who He is, I am free to give honor to other people. Because it's not a competition. I've got nothing to prove. And I'm not trying to... I, I've got, I don't need to put anybody else down to feel, make myself feel more significant about myself. But I'm able to free. However, when I live my life from a place of dishonor, I need to dishonor others in order to honor myself. Matthew chapter 22 from verse 37 to verse 40 says this. And Jesus said to him, you shall love. Now, in brackets after that, in the Amplified Bible, I think it is, it says, Honor, respect, highly esteem the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. Love. What does it mean to love? It means to honor, to respect, to highly esteem, to give yourself for your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. You see, when I am positioned in honor, I am empowered to honor others. When I am in a position where I have received the love and the grace and the mercy and the honor of God, I am in a position and I am orientated to honor others and to give them the value, not that I see in them, but that God sees in them. You see, as you look around the room that you are in, or if, if you look at your screen and you see the people that we gather together with today, there is value in every single one that God has placed there. Tremendous value. Some is value for gifts. Some is valuable for wisdom. Others for anointing. Others just for, for, for friendship. Others for family. There's so many different things that and valuable gifts and anointings on each of our lives. Now let me ask you, what is the one thing that unlocks all of that? It's the principle of honor. If we do not honor one another, we cut ourselves off from the gifts that one another have to carry and one another have to bring. First thing I want to say about honor tonight is that honor establishes lordship in our lives. Turn with me in your Bible to Exodus, please. We're going to look at a few scriptures today just to help me illustrate and help me anchor the points that I want to make from a scriptural point of view. The book of Exodus, chapter 14. And we're going to read verse 18. It says this, Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When, they, when shall they know? When I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. The principle is that whoever or whatever you honor in your life will have lordship or control or influence over you. You see, one of the things that the Bible tells us is that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh so that he could show himself strong against him and prove that he is God, that he is the Lord Most High. And he says here, when shall, when shall the Egyptians know that he is Lord? When he has gained honor for himself over Pharaoh. Whatever you honor in your life, whoever you honor in your life, will exercise lordship or control or have influence over you. 
Honoring God, therefore, and honoring those that He's placed in your life, honoring the Word of God, opens our hearts to receive from and be led by Him. You see, if we place honor on the Word of God and value on it, if we place honor and, and, and give honor to and place value in the people that God has sent into our lives to minister to us, that is the key to the door of our hearts and it flings it wide open to receive from them. There is no point sitting under ministry. There is no point reading your Bible if you have no value for what is written in it. There is no point in listening to a sermon or logging on every week if you do not place great value and give great honor to that which you receive. Your heart is closed to it. You will receive nothing. You'll hear a lot of words, but your life won't be touched or impacted or changed. You see, if we don't honor God by putting His Word first in our lives, in every situation, then the point, then the fact is he is unable to exercise lordship in our lives. It's very easy for us to say that God is Lord. Jesus, he is my Lord and he is my Savior. But if I do not honor his word, in other words, by putting it in high esteem, right up there, if I do not... Uh, you see, on the one hand, we say we put value in his word, and that is true. We put high value in it. But the value I place on it is measured by the honor I give to it. And honoring something means that you give it a place of high priority. It means that your resources follow after it. It means that you, you it carries great weight. When God's word says something, it's, it, it carries great weight in, in, in your life. It's a strong influencer. It has a, a strong effect. So when we talk about lordship, it is a strong influencer in my life. For good, And those who, who, who God has sent into my life, when they speak into my life, who I know that, that they are sent by God and they carry His Word, they have a tremendous power to influence because there's honor involved. My heart is open. And that's, that's a key. For every disciple of Jesus Christ, this is a key to growth. This is a key to spiritual maturity. Amen. The principle honor is, is a thread that runs throughout the whole of Scripture. From beginning to end, you see it there. Uh, the great commandments of love yourself, love your neighbor, love the Lord your God. These are all, you know, we've already read about that. These are all principles of honor. The Bible talks about what parents ought to, what children ought to honor their parents. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 2. I'll read it to you from the Amplified. It says, honor, esteem, value as precious your mother and your father. And be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise. So we, if you understand the point that I just made about honor, having your heart wide open to this, this understand, then you begin to understand what this verse and what this commandment of God is saying. This is the first commandment with a promise. It says, honor your mother and your father. In our, you know, folks, in today's day and age, honor is something we see very little of. It's very unpopular. People don't like honoring other people. Everybody wants to be the head honcho. They want honor. Everybody desires it, but very few are prepared to give it. They want to do their own thing. They want to do things their way. It's not a popular message, giving honor. You know, when I give honor, I have to give recognition to somebody else for good things in my life. That means I can't take credit for everything. We live in a world where the idol is the self-made man. He did it all. He, he made it happen. And he overcame all the odds and all the obstacles. He did it alone. Therefore, he gets all the glory and he gets all the credit. 
However, when I give honor and thanks to other people, I give them credit. So this message is really unpopular these days. But as we see in the scripture, it says, children, honor your mother and father. What does that really mean? It says, keep your heart open towards them. Give them the respect that is due to them because of who they are and because of what they have done for you. They gave birth to you. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. They provided for you. They have educated you. You owe them a great deal. So give them the honor that they deserve. So the Bible tells us to honor our parents. The Bible also tells us to honor authority. If you turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter, from chapter 2, give you a chance to get there. If you have devices, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. says this submit yourselves to the authority of every human institution for the sake of the Lord to honor his name let's just pause for a moment when we submit to authority appointed by God whether that is civil authority spiritual authority uh, any kind of authority it says that we bring honor to the Lord let's carry on whether it is to a king as one in a position of power or to governors as sent by him to bring punishment to those who do wrong and to praise and encourage those who do right. For it is the will of God that by doing right you may silence or muzzle or gag the culpable ignorance and irresponsible criticisms of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover or pretext for evil. But use it and live as bondservants of God. Show respect for all people. Treat them honorably. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. So the Bible tells us to honor all people. Regardless of their position. Regardless of their status. Regardless of the color of their skin. Or what income or social bracket they may fit into. Why? Because within them, God has placed intrinsic worth. God has placed gifts. And God wants us to honor all people. You see, at the moment I don't honor somebody, I am actually saying by my actions that I think I'm better than you. I'm worthy of honor and you are not. I am more important than you are. Which is a lie. It's a lie from the devil. And yet many people have bought into that. No, the Bible tells us to honor all people. How do you treat the beggar who comes to you in the street? How do you treat the cashier or the car guard or the guys who come to pick up your garbage? Those mundane jobs. How do you treat the lady who mops the floors in the shopping center? Have you ever stopped to give them honor? Have you ever stopped and just looked at them or grabbed them on the shoulder and said, thank you? This, this, great, this looks great. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you. I promise you, try it. They'll be gobsmacked. Why? Because nobody values them. It's not a position that the world esteems highly. But it is a position we can't do without. Imagine nobody came to collect your garbage. That would be awful. Now, how do you think that guy feels doing that all day? Man, that man deserves... 
is the world would say it, give that man a belt. No, give that man honor. Because he deserves it. 1 Peter 2, 17, we just read it. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Turn your Bibles again for me, please, to Philippians chapter 2. That's just a, a few pages back. Um, and, and I want to show to you that honor attracts honor. As you give honor, as you sow honor, honor is what you will reap. So in other words, if you begin to see the value in other people and begin to treat them as though they are valuable and precious to you, guess what's going to happen? People are going to start doing the same for you. Not necessarily the same people, but you unlock something in the spiritual realm that is incredibly powerful. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. It says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in, in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So let's pause. Jesus here is the perfect example of what I was explaining to you about humility earlier on. Although he's equal with God, that all glory and honor and power and majesty are his, he didn't consider that something to be held on to. But he was willing to make himself of no reputation. He was willing to come and associate himself with sinful man. You could say with the lowest of the low. And when Jesus walked this earth, who did he mingle with? The outcasts. Those who were considered the sinners by the righteous Pharisees. Those who were leprous. Those who were social outcasts. That's who Jesus spent his time with. Ministering to them. Giving them love. Verse 8. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So we see he humbled himself to God, then he humbled himself to his creation. And then the Bible in verse 9 says this, Therefore, or as a result of this, because Jesus was willing to do this, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's an incredible piece of scripture. Because Jesus was able to humble himself, it doesn't say that man exalted him. And said thank you to him. Oh Jesus we exalt you today. We perhaps overestimate our, our power of exaltation. God said. The Bible says here that God highly exalted him. And gave to him the name that is above every other name. When you are willing to humble yourself. And put value into other people. Recognize the value that is in them. Invest into them. Give them honor. What happens? God begins to exalt you. God begins to give you a place of... What is exaltation in this context? It means a place of great influence. 
you become an instrument in the hands of God to influence the lives of people around you. Isn't that, isn't that what the kingdom of God is all about? Now, the, the point is this. You cannot influence anybody in whom you do not see a measure of value. In whom you do not see a, something worth giving honor and of your time to. The Bible says that in 1 Peter 5 verse 6, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside your self-righteousness and pride so that, you, so that He may exalt you to a place of honor in His service at the appointed time. So the order here is clear, folks. Receiving honor begins by giving it away. If you want honor, if you want God to honor you, if you want a position of honor or a place of honor, it doesn't begin by what you've studied or what you've done. It doesn't begin by what you think of yourself. Honor begins by how you treat other people. How you give honor and how you give value. You see, honor empowers influence. Those who you honor have influence in your life. And those who, who give honor to you open themselves to you influencing their life. But likewise, as you honor people, their hearts open. You're able to influence them. You're able to show them the love of God. And in fact, let's be honest, God is able to influence them through you. And that's what we're really after, isn't it? 1 Peter 2 verses 11 and 12 says, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. What is this verse talking to us about? It says that we are to live our lives in a way that is honorable, able to receive honor. So in other words, the way you treat others and the way you conduct yourself is worthy of being honored. So how is honor expressed, folks? Look, it looks, it looks for and it sees and it recognizes and it identifies the value in others. That's the first thing it does. So when you look at others, it doesn't matter who they are. If you have a desire and this principle of honor is alive and at work in your life, you will be able to see and identify and recognize honor in others. It serves others. It puts their agendas first. That is a mark of humility. You see, when Jesus came to die for us, what was his agenda? His agenda was us. His agenda was to come and serve us by laying down his life for us. Honor gives preference to the, to, to the other. Uh, this is what submission is really all about. It is meek. And it values the opinions of the other. Honor always gives. Honor is not something that is focused on receiving. You see, you cannot demand honor. Nobody can command honor. Nobody can, can say to you, you need to honor me. That is not honor at all. Honor is something that is freely given. And it is always given, not demanded. Honor is something that is sacrificial. It is tangible. And it has a material expression. You know, 
Week by week we gather. People gather in churches around the world. And you know, it's it's they 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 give they, they gather together because they honor and they value the believers, the the fellowship of the brethren, the word that is going to be preached. But you know, nobody yeah, it it there was something that came up in my heart today is as you you know you journey with people and some people for some people honor is lip service. They will say to you, Oh Michael, you preached such a great sermon or I'm so blessed or they they say and they 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 say wonderful and nice things. But when they walk out the door, they don't follow a thing that you said. They say they value your counsel, but they never follow your counsel. They say they value the word that you preach, but they look for every excuse to miss church and they never catch up on the messages. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because honor is a state of the heart. You don't do me a favor by listening to the word. You don't do me a favor by logging on or by coming to church or by following my counsel. It's not for me that I do these things. I'm sure Pastor Andreas would say the same. You know, but the point is this. Honor is an attitude of the heart which says that I value what you carry. I value what you say. And when you value something and the heart that someone carries and the counsel that they give, you apply it. You live by it. You walk by it. I don't want to say this, that honor, giving of honor is something we don't see a lot of in the world around us today. It's not a popular message, as I said. You know, I'll give you an example. A little while ago, when I, when I, was, in, when I was in high school, I had a situation in my life that uh, needed some correction. And my youth leader came to me one day and he addressed this issue in my life. And he said, Michael, you need to sort this out. This is, you know, you, you, you are playing drums in the worship team. You are um, a, a youth leader and you, you've got this going on in your life. My, it's, it's a contradiction. You can't do that. You can't live this way. You're either in or you're out. Uh, and you're going to need to drop this thing. So a little, about three, four weeks went past. And I hadn't done anything about it. So he spoke to me again. But this time he called me in with one of the elders of the church. And he said, Michael, you're in a position of leadership. This lifestyle that you're living, it's unacceptable. It's incongruent. It's, it's, it's against what scripture teaches. You know that. And so you need to make a choice here. And if, you, if, you, if you're not going to go the ways of God, you're not going to practice what you preach. You can't be a leader. They're not excommunicating me. They still love me. I can still be there. But I can't, I can't serve in leadership. And they gave me another week to sort this thing out and I hadn't sorted it out yet. So they said, Michael, look, we can't have you be a youth leader anymore. You can't play in the worship team anymore. And it was a rough time for me. And I give God great honor and thanks for the men that were bold enough to confront me and bring correction into my life when I needed it. Earlier this year, I phoned that youth leader of mine. I haven't spoken to him in years and years and years. And I said to him, you know, first of all, I realized what a hard time I gave you back then. I was a very opinionated, very cocky young man. And you dealt with me and you showed great patience with me. And you persevered with me and you believed in me. I think that was the biggest thing is despite all my weaknesses, you believed in me. And I know that I, I gave you a hard time and you had to discipline me. And I want to just tell you how much I appreciate that. And I told him a bit of my story and a bit of my testimony and that now I'm... I'm working in ministry and, and he was so blessed to hear about it. 
But he was also so blessed and blown away about the impact that he'd had in my life. You see, he didn't really know. He was oblivious. He wasn't aware. And it was such an honor and a privilege for me to say, I want to just honor you and not just give you lip service, but I just want to bless you. And I'd like to ask you to please send me your bank details. I want to bless you. And, it, you know, that very morning, he tells me he was talking to his wife. That they've been looking, they've been talking, and they, they're just not in a financial position where they can get away. His wife was struggling with, um, with, with severe, some severe emotional issues. Um, and had been for some time, and she was coming out of them. And he just really wanted to take her on a weekend away, and there was no way that they could afford it. And in that moment, I was able to step in and meet that need for them. Now, I tell you this not to tell you how wonderful I am. Oh, I did this wonderful thing. I tell you this because giving honor to that man was incredibly impactful for him. I was able to not just say to him, you made a tremendous difference in my life. But I was in turn able to impact his life in a way that just blessed him. It was just a blessing for him. A blessing to know and to encourage him that he what he was doing was making a difference. And I want to tell you something, folks. In this work of ministry, of discipling people, to know that you're actually making a difference is the greatest reward. This is what we do this for. This is why we walk with people. To know that we can make a difference and we can have an impact in people's lives. To teach them the Word of God. To teach them the ways of God. How to walk with God and bring them to a place of fruitfulness and maturity in the Lord. There is nothing more rewarding to know that your labor has brought value or brought forth value. Because, as I'm sure you well know, the stories and the testimonies of that are few and far between. But praise God for these moments. Praise God that I could express to Him just how much He meant to me. And what a great impact He had. And just encourage Him. What did I do that day? I just gave a man honor. Honor where honor was due. I was too immature. I was too selfish to give it to him at the time when it was needed. But nonetheless, it was due. And praise God, it came at just the right time. Finally, I want to talk to you about the blessing of honor. With every act of honor, blessing and grace are imparted. What is grace? Grace is empowerment. It's, 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 an, it's courage. It's encouragement and strength. From you towards the one you are honoring and from the one you are honoring back to you. And this is a wonderful privilege. This is a wonderful thing that there is blessing wrapped up in the principle of honor. Matthew 10 verse 41 says this. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. What does this mean? It means that if God sends somebody into your life, the way in which you receive them determines how God is able to use them in your life. Determines the measure to which they are able to impact and influence your life. If you read the Gospels, you'll see that when Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth, the Bible says he could not do many mighty works there. It doesn't say he would not do. It says he could not do. There was something in the atmosphere that restrained him. Now, it wasn't the enemy that restrained him. It wasn't some great force that meant he was unable to gain victory over that. That's not the truth at all. It, the thing that restrained him 
from doing mighty miracles in that context was the fact that the people were familiar with him. They received him not as Jesus, the Messiah, sent from God. They received him as Jesus, our cousin and this one we grew up with. And we know this guy. What is he, He's the Messiah? They were so familiar with him, they didn't receive him as God had sent him. He was just Jesus. They grew up with him. They knew him well. They knew This is the carpenter's son, right? Oh, we, he made my table. He made my father's rocking chair. This is just Jesus. He's just a tradesman in the air. That's how they received him. And what does it mean? They were not able to receive the power and the anointing that were locked up within him. Because they did not honor him the way that God had sent them, sent him to them. How does this apply to you and me? You see, there are people that God sends into our lives. Ministers and ministries that God sends into our lives. For what purpose? To bless us. To empower us to unlock a supernatural dimension in our lives and and break forth things that are powerful and miraculous. But if we become too familiar with these things, they begin to lose their power and their influence in our lives. You know, I praise God in my relationship with Pastor Andreas. I can't get much more familiar than what we have. I'm 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 the I'm the son-in-law. I've seen him at his best and I've seen him just a little bit lower as well. And uh, the point is, that I, I'm so grateful that in this relationship, throughout the years, there's always been that line. As much as he's my father-in-law and his dad, and I sometimes call him Pops, even though it annoys him, I always know that he is my spiritual father. And he is the prophet that God has sent into my life to bring me, to give me prophetic insight, to speak words of wisdom and direction into my heart. And I know that the moment I become familiar with that and go, Ah, it's just dad again. Oh, it's just dad. That is the moment when I lose what God wants to give to me through him. Why? Because God has said to me, Now this is me personally, this is my personal testimony. God has said to me, Michael, you need to be Elisha to that man. So from now until the end of his days or my days, whichever comes first, I am to, he, he is to hold in my life a position of great honor. His word carries great weight and great value in my life. And I want to tell you something. I have eaten the blessing of that year upon year, season after season. Not from him, but through him from God. So what I share with you tonight about honor is something I've tasted it's something wherever I've been, whether it's in the workplace towards my authorities, whether it's been in various different church settings, giving honor opens your heart to what the other person carries. This works in every area of life. It works with children towards their parents. It works within marriages. Not just wives to husbands, but husbands to wives. Peter says to us, honor one another. Husbands, honor your wives. Wives, honor your husbands. See the value that is in them. Listen when they talk to you. Ah, oh, it's just you going on again. What have you done when it's the moment you say something like that, you've discredited them. You've said what you, you, you've communicated that what you have to say is not value, valuable to me. And I've closed my heart towards you. But when we honor one another, it means we genuinely listen to how the other feels. And the opinions that they carry. What about our governmental authorities? Do we give them honor? 
the police, our government, our municipalities that oversee us and, 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 and govern our communities? What about in the workplace? Our superiors, our colleagues, do we need to be the head honcho? And what that means is we will use and abuse other people and their gifts for our benefit. Or are we able to truly honor our superiors, our colleagues, our subordinates, to see and to highlight and to bring out the best that is within them? That best will bless both us and the companies or the environments we find ourselves in. This spiritual principle of honor applies in a great measure to the spiritual authorities God has placed in our lives. It's amazing that God sets the members in the body as He chooses. God chooses our spiritual oversight. It's not a choice that we just get to make as if this is, you know, our, our democratic mindset, our Western democratic way of thinking is incongruent with the kingdom of God. God is sovereign and He sends us situations and He sends us people for our benefit and our blessing, sometimes for our growth and the development of our characters. But if we are unable to recognize these things and give them honor, give value and worth to these relationships, receive from them and have their opinions carry great weight and influence in our lives, God, God is unable to use them as tools for our spiritual development and discipleship. Most of all, I would say, how much honor do we give to our relationship with God? How much honor do we give to Him? And again, what I mean by that is not lip service. It's not the songs we sing. It's not just the works that we do and we carry out. It's the heart attitude that is wide open to what it is that He has to say. Now folks, one of the reasons we give first fruits and the reasons we give tithes and and our money is involved in these things is because of the principle of honor. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So we give our treasure as our tithes to the storehouse of God, to the place where we are fed spiritually and we are nourished spiritually. Why? It is an act of giving honor. Because honor is more than lip service. There's one thing I've learned in life. Honor is not lip service. Honor is action. As a pastor, I can tell you, lip service is cheap. Maybe you say, Michael, you're just cynical. I don't know. I think I'm still too young to be completely cynical. But what I have seen is people say a lot of things but do very little. Honor, however, is something very different. That's one of the reasons that we practice the principle of first fruits within this ministry. Because it is a practical demonstration of giving honor and telling and showing somebody value and worth. There's great reward and there's great blessing in that. And it unlocks something. It really is, is, is... You see, in the same way that baptism is a spirit, is a physical action that carries with it tremendous spiritual weight and significance... So, giving honor is a physical action, but it carries with a tremendous spiritual weight and significance. Last scripture I want to read for you as I wind this up this after, or today is Genesis 12, verse 7. And it says this, 
Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. So Abram built an altar there to honor the Lord who had appeared to him. Who had appeared to him. Because of what God has done, had done for, for Abram. And you've got to understand, this is before anything was materialized. This is just the promise. This is just what God had spoken to him. Because of that, Abram was moved to build an altar to give honor to God. He didn't just say, thank you, Lord. He didn't just say, oh, I appreciate that, God. You're so wonderful. You're so good. You're so kind. It was more than lip service. Do you understand the principle I'm communicating to you here? The man took the trouble of building an altar to give and to show honor to God. Altars, the way we build altars is, 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 is it takes time, it takes effort. And there's a constant remembrance. It's a reminder constantly of what God said. And it causes us to give Him thanks and praise. When you give honor to someone, it is a reminder to you of the value that they carry in your life, of everything that they have done for you, of the journey that they have walked with you, of their faithfulness towards you, of their prayer, of, of, of the journey and the, the everything they've imparted and, and poured into your life. It's a reminder to you. You remember that every time and you're saying it is valuable and it's important and it's precious to me. And it also communicates something to them. It just flings their heart wide open of appreciation and gratitude. Why? Because there's fruit. It's valued. It's Everybody wants to be valued, folks. Everybody wants to feel important. Where there is honor, there is freedom to be yourself. There is trust. There is influence. Where honor is given, revelation, knowledge flows freely. What do I mean by that? I mean that, first of all, in a spiritual context. When you open your heart to... Uh, a man or a woman of God that is sent to you and you give them honor when they speak their words drip like honey you know John Bevere tells a testimony and I know I'm sure that many of you can, can attest to something like this having happened in your life where he came into a ministry situation and he was being fed spiritually and every week by week the pastor was preaching and it felt like he was preaching just to me. And I'm sure you've all had that, that experience in the past. But he went through a season where he just felt like he wasn't being fed anymore. I'm just not getting anything out of this anymore. I'm coming and I'm listening and I'm hearing, but it's not impacting me. It's not touching my heart anymore. Why? Had the preaching changed? Had the pastor changed? Had the ministry changed? No. John attests to the fact that his heart attitude had changed. He was no longer honoring or valuing the man and the message that God was sending into his life. And when God pointed that out to him, that very next Sunday, everything changed. Suddenly, the anointing was back. The power and the impact was back. And so maybe you've been joining this ministry for a while. Maybe you've been sitting under this teaching for a while. Is it still as impactful as it was the first day you came in? Does it still carry the same weight? Or is it just you're going through the motions maybe? What's the difference? The difference, the determining factor of what we get out of it is the honor that we give to it. It's the value that we place in it. And that is an attitude, as I've said, of the heart. You see, we can sit under ministry for days and weeks and months with a heart that is closed and receive nothing for, from it. 
Why? Because we don't truly value it. We don't give it the place of honor and respect in our lives that we should. But when we shift our heart attitudes and we begin to express and to give honor, where honor is due, our heart attitude changes, our doors fling wide open and suddenly that relationship and that ministry again becomes a conduit of life and of blessing and of spiritual vitality to us. It strengthens us again. It gives us encouragement when we need it. It gives us direction as we seek the Lord together. These things are not controlled by external factors, folks. These things are controlled by one thing. That is the attitude of our hearts. Do we value and honor that which God sends to us? Or has it become just a common thing? So, as I round up this this sharing on this value of honor, I've come to learn that this one thing unlocks such blessing, such wonderful influence it has in my life, and I've seen how it does it in the lives of many others. And so I give you this value and this spiritual principle today. As almost a secret, because not very few people talk about it, and I pray that as I've shared these things, in your hearts, maybe you realize some places or some relationships or some values that have not gotten the honor that they are due, not gotten the honor that they are worth. And so I want to pray for you in that today. I want to ask you to just bow your head and let's just allow the Lord to minister to us for a moment. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.